0: Love Talk
1: Radio. Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six and seven figure earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker Deborah Hartnett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call in number is 347 838 92784. Listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the professional black woman. You can visit us at www.thepbw.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure-earning women of color, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love to inspire and encourage and provide practical business knowledge and make you aware, and also to, secondly, well, shall I say, edify, promote, and Acknowledge and say thank you to our sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. And today is another fabulous Monday, actually, starting out. The eighth month of the year, can you believe it? August 1st, 2011. And I hope you are as excited about your future as I am because it it is bright. Trust me, regardless of what it looks like, it is bright. Wherever we are today, it can get better. Yes, it can, and it shall. We are here, you know, every week at the same time. That's Mondays at 12 noon. So please make sure you go and spread the word, spread the good news about Wealthy Sisters. Well, today is, as we always say, it's a very special show, but this is truly uh, a really, really important show for us today. And, you know, it's not one of our most popular topics. It's not one of those feel-good topics or uh, one of those pretty subjects. It's not something that everybody wants to talk about, but it's something we are proud to say that we are sharing today. Uh, It's necessary, shall we say, You know, here are some facts, that three women are murdered daily by someone that they're intimate with. Only 33% of date rape in young women are reported. Domestic violence is the leading cause of injury in women from about age 15 to 44. So today we must talk about it. It's painful, it's ugly, yes. And it knows no socioeconomic or educational, cultural, or even gender status. It doesn't. You know, it's not prejudice to either of those. Your neighbor or coworker or the person you're sitting next to, right at the traffic light, is affected by it, or no maybe you are firsthand or firsthand know the pain of domestic violence. So Wealthy Sisters and the Professional Black Woman is proud to host our special guest today, Ms. L.Y. Marlowe, who is the author of Color Me Butterfly and founder of Saving Promise Domestic Violence Awareness Movement. That's right, it's a movement. She's doing some incredible things, and what we need for you to do right now is called Everyone You Know. Dial 347-838-9278. Again, have them the dial 347-838-9278 to tune into the show today. They can also listen live at our website at www.wealthysisters.com. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook under Wealthy Sisters as well. And also, when you log on to the blog talk and you want to check out the network there, remember to follow us as well. Now, what we are also so proud to say that we are launching our fundraising campaign today for Saving Promise. And all we're asking from you is five dollars. We're on a mission, just a simple mission, to get a hundred people, a hundred people in the month of August to text my promise to 20 excuse me 20222 text my promise to 20 222. That's 2222. Text my promise to 2222 for a $5 tax deductible donation. Please do that. Have your friends do that. Text your text list and ask them to do that right now. A simple $5 is all we're asking for today. Now let me just share a little bit of background of Ms. LY. She is the founder as we said of Saving Promise, a national grassroots Domestic Violence Awareness Organization and movement based in the Washington, D.C. area. An award-winning author, Miss Marlowe brings a new voice and a new vision to this movement. She has survived and overcome four generations of mothers and daughters who have suffered more than 60 years of domestic violence. Now, when Miss Marlowe discovered that her 22-year-old daughter was trapped in an abusive relationship, one in which the abuse not only threatened her but the life of her granddaughter promise. Now the fifth generation. She was charged to find or found Saving Promise. Saving Promise imbued with strong leadership, new energy and strategic timing to take domestic violence inward into the hearts and the souls of every individual and upward to make it a national priority. Like we see the Susan B. Coleman an example for that. For the breast cancer. So she worked in corporate America for 20 plus years with Fortune 500 companies such as IBM, PricewaterhouseCoopers, and Discovery Channel. Miss Marlowe oversaw teams upward of 100 plus re, uh, people and had budgets that she was responsible for for over 100 million. So that lets you know that it could affect anyone. When we come back from this short break, we're not going to keep her from you any longer. We're going to get started and um, let our guest, Ms. L.Y. Marlowe, tell you more about why it's critical right now for us to act and to take charge. You are tuned in to Wealthy Sisters. Stay tuned to this short break.
2: Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence.
0: Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T H E B A T I E. Group.com or call the baby group at 877
3: 264
0: 7699. Yes, we are live back on Wealthy Sisters. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, and we want to thank each and every one of you, as always, for tuning in every week. That's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern. Also, you can
4: remember that you can download us on iTunes. Yes, we are available on iTunes and all of our shows are immediately archived and available on our
0: website at wealthysuccess.com. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook so that you can stay abreast of all the hot topics that we've discussed here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. Our very special guest, as we mentioned to you today, is Ms. L.Y. Marlowe, who's the founder and, uh, of Saving Promise, a national grassroots domestic violence awareness organization and a movement. I want to say hello to my friend and a welcome again to Wealthy Sisters. How are you, Ms. L.Y.?
4: I'm well, I'm well. Thank you for having me, Deborah. I'm always happy to join you.
0: Yes, well, thank you again for being here, and uh, thank you truly for you being so open and and, uh, transparent and taking something that could have just been where you turned it into a woe is me and continued to six to seven generations in your family to changing something that can literally affect the entire world. So we appreciate you, my sister. We applaud you for what you're doing in those moments, that you feel like nobody's hearing you or nobody is appreciating and why did you do this and all of those things that we naturally face. We want to say thank you and we celebrate you every day for what you're doing. So welcome again to Wealthy Sisters.
4: Wow, I appreciate that. It's it's good to know that. And I you know, I, I've come to understand that this this those saving promises inspire by my family story, four generations of mothers and daughters that you mentioned at the top of the discussion, and now a fifth generation, my granddaughter named Promise, it is my family story and Promise story that is not just our story, but the world's story. This story is so um, well conditioned in our communities right now. And so as we talk about this subject today, I would encourage your audience, the listeners, to know that um, this is something that affects them as well, whether or not they are personally involved uh, or not. Somebody that they know is, because three out of four people know someone who's affected by domestic violence.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Three out of four. Wow. That's that's pretty, well, you know, when I think about it, I, I know, you know, several people that I can think of or stories that I've heard of. I mean, I I remember one so chilling as a, a gentleman who was a friend of my father's who actually carried out the act of violence and uh, ended his wife's life. So I remember that affecting me um, from a child. And, you know, just to think about, the, a lot of times we think of things maybe affect only certain segments of the population, or maybe it's just due just to poverty but um it's not as you you've experienced yourself
4: absolutely you know in fact, domestic violence has grown to be the leading cause of injury to women ages fifteen to forty four that's mm-hmm. That's our core population there We're talking young girls as young as fifteen all the way up to 44 that are affected. And and it's just not a woman's issue either. There are men out there that are oftentimes abused as well. They just don't talk about it as often. Um, so this is a uh, public health pandemic. Um, the statistics would tell us approximately uh, 32 million are affected by domestic violence with rising costs of upward of $5.8 billion that we as taxpayers pay in order to combat this issue um and as you mentioned in the top of the discussion, um that transcends to about at average of three women murdered every single day, so domestic violence is no longer a issue that is hidden in the shadows um and that should be silenced any longer. It is a a social pandemic, a public health pandemic that affects us all, and we all have to get involved. We all have to do our part to bring about real change.
0: Wow. You know, and it's something that we talked about earlier, too, that is not the most popular. I mean, I can even tell even from just our response. Normally every week, you know, when we send out our, our response and our welcomes to the show, you know, you can just tell which ones people are going to be excited about. And it's it, this one, you know, although we have quite a few people who have dialed in, it's not the same but yet it's affecting so many of us. What why do you think that is and what can we do um to to get us to want to start talking about something that's so painful?
4: I think one of the reasons why it affects so many of us is because I mean, if you think about it, we're living in a day and a time. This the culture, uh mores and the cultural influences today um mm-hmm. suggests oftentimes that it's okay for women to be treated a certain kind of way, I mean, you listen to our music or watch our, some of our television shows or our, our uh, movies and things like that, um, you, you are seeing a different day and age. But more importantly, it is uh, is perpetuated because um, domestic violence is shrouded in silence and shame is is not most people feel that is not their issue. It's not going on in my home. It is not in my backyard. So it is not something I ought to be concerned with. And I would argue that it is something you need to be concerned with because it is going on in your backyard. Whether or not we acknowledge it, um, it could be that neighbor or that coworker, our sister, our friend, we have to start acknowledging this issue for what it is. And I think until we begin to talk about it Until we break the silence and begin to uh, alleviate the shame that's accosted by domestic violence, we're going to continue to see upwards of 30-plus million people that are affected. And those are the ones that we know about that are reported. That does not include the unreported cases.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I read that uh, 33%, only 33% of like the date rape cases with young young girls or young kids um, from the young, I guess from teenage to, to young adults are ever even reported because of that. And uh, a lot of times, you know, they say it's because of, it's by someone that they know.
4: Absolutely, and ironically, um, the population that is most affected um, by it, um, when I talked about that, you know, range of women ages fifteen to forty-four, it is our younger women, our yeah. younger women ages um, sixteen to twenty-four years old that experience the highest rate, the highest rate of domestic and dating violence. Um, that clearly shows us that we have to turn our attention to this issue. These are our daughters. These are our nieces. These are our friends' daughters that we are seeing that are being involved in these very abusive, unhealthy um, relationships um, that ultimately, if they're starting at that age, they certainly are going on a path that where they 're going to end up in more serious situations later and possibly you know unfortunately um, in a situation where where a woman can be killed so we we have to begin to address this issue, and I think one of the things that saving promise is doing differently oftentimes people ask well you know aren't there a lot of organizations and advocacy and work being done why are the statistics so high why don't we see change and i would uh, suggest that one of the reasons is because our the way that we currently address domestic violence is very reactive we build all the things that need to be done after it happens to someone we built more shelters we built more prisons we built more counseling uh Organizations, But why don't we try to get ahead of the issue and be more proactive than reactive, start to create awareness campaigns, break the silence and the shame, empowerment campaigns to empower women, um, young, middle-aged, and older women, um, to empower men not just as abusers, but those that are against domestic violence, to learn about this issue. And more importantly, empower our youth. Our youth are the most targeted population right now that is dealing with so many cultural influences that is changing their behavior and making them think it is okay to behave in a certain pattern. We have to get in front of the issue, be more proactive and less reactive, and those are the kinds of things and the kinds of conversations and the kind of programs and the kind of vision that Saving Promise is looking to offer.
0: And what what kind of ways can we be more proactive? Can you give us an example of some of the things that you suggest with, with uh, Saving Promise?
4: one way of being proactive and and I'll and I'll see and I'll speak of it in terms of you know from a strategic perspective and then just from the average community person on a strategic perspective the way to be proactive is for example we have many different Organizations, national, regional, local organizations, domestic violence organizations, and women's and men's and youth organizations and uh, communities that are out there trying to bring about real change. But the problem is we tend to work in silos. We've not come together to collaboratively um, create a call to action, to collaboratively look at this as a national crisis and say what ought we be doing to bring about real change. We've got to come together. There's power in numbers. You mentioned, uh, Deborah, at the top of the discussion that one of Saving Promise vision is to liken the issue of domestic violence awareness to that of breast cancer awareness. For example, the Susan G. Coleman for the CURE organization uh, when that organization launched 25 years ago to raise awareness about breast cancer, it was the power of bringing a community, bringing a national action, bringing a global action against, against uh, breast cancer awareness. That doesn't exist in the realm of domestic violence awareness. That's the kind of proactivity that we need to be doing. We need to create a national action plan on domestic violence, something that Saving Promise is going to propose as, tar- as part of our vision and our strategy. We need to congregate our communities to come together. We need to go into the public schools and the private schools and the colleges on college campuses. We need to go into our churches and our faith-based institutions, into our local communities and raise awareness. That's the level of proactivity that's really going to be needed to bring about real change. Now, when you think of that scenario um, on an individual perspective, if someone's mm-hmm. saying, well, what can I do to do my part to help with this public pandemic. The best way to do your part is to first acknowledge that we all have to get involved, that even if it's not happening in our home, it might be happening in the home next door to us or in that coworkers uh, who sit right next to us in our offices. We have to begin to speak up. We have to eliminate the silence and the shame that we're all afraid to talk about. For example, whenever we hear about an issue relative to domestic violence, you usually hear about it in the media when it involves a public figure or a celebrity. We should not have to hear about it only when there's the story of Rihanna and Chris Brown or Mel Gibson. We should be hearing about it when you know the Yardley love story that happened almost two years ago, the University of Virginia student. Um, it should not have to take that type of a tragedy to get our attention. This is something that, as an individual, if we see something, if we know somebody that's involved in an abusive relationship, if we um, are ourselves involved in an abusive relationship, or think that our our daughter is, we got to start talking to our family, our friends, our daughters, our sisters, our neighbors to begin to raise awareness.
0: So, and I can kind of see as well, since there's so much shame around it, a lot of times I understand women that experience it or the victim that experiences it um, feel like it may be something they brought it on or they're carrying the burden or they don't want, if it's a, a political figure or if it's, you know, they don't want the embarrassment or because I'm I'm intelligent, how could I get involved with this or what have you, what, all those type of things that go on, I guess when you're saying when we're bringing more awareness to it, when more um, communities are coming together and all of the organizations that support um, this whole issue when we're able to come together in one voice and that would allow uh, people who are silent to share their story and thus helping those it comes full circle is is that the whole mindset behind it?
4: Bingo, bingo. It's not Mm -hmm. rocket science and what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is We don't need to create a uh, very um, difficult uh, strategy for somebody to understand what's needed. The bottom line is greater awareness, greater prevention, being more Proactive than reactive. Talking about it. Talking about it doesn't necessarily have to begin at the upper echelons levels of, you know, you, you know, go on a national level to talk about it. Talking about it begins first in our homes. It begins first in our communities. It begins in our churches. It begins in our schools. For example, one of the uh, strategies and um, programs that Saving Promise, in fact, I wrote this policy myself, about introducing legislation that promotes uh, healthy relationship and dating violence awareness in our public and private schools. And I'm not talking just about high schools. I'm not talking about just only college level or collegiate level. I'm talking starting at the grade school. We need to get in front of our children, uh, age appropriate, obviously, to begin teaching them the difference between healthy and unhealthy behaviors. It starts at that age. Um, It starts at the age when, you know, um, our young people begin to uh, get involved in relationships knowing you know what is healthy versus unhealthy knowing what if something feels right or doesn't feel right if somebody call you a bad name um i had done a uh, a a program in a high school in chicago and after i finished my program there and 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 talked to this audience of students one young woman stood up and said that she had been in three different relationships that she did not understand until she heard me speak that day, were abusive. There's something wrong with that to have this young woman who was probably about 15 years of age not know until she heard me speak about it that what she was encountering was unhealthy, was unsafe. That means there's a greater level of awareness and education that has to start even in our school system.
0: Mm-hmm. Because it's been perpetuated If we as adults Like you said If we don't say anything And we don't We see it A lot of times it, You know as just you from your experience. If it's that generation, and we don't talk about it, and that it, it just continues, then quite naturally, you know, we wouldn't know. So it is important for us to do that. Now, I know you have a few moments left. You have a, an important meeting that we have to get you to today, uh, with regards of um, the Saving Promise organization. So, but can you tell us with the fundraising, this campaign that we've started and that that, that your um, organization has started, what What are some of the things that you're going to be doing with us and tell us more about the mobile giving campaign
4: absolutely um this this past spring uh, my board of directors approved a program um, a a three to five year strategic plan in terms of how to move the organization how to move saving promise is vision how to move this issue of domestic violence at the national level We realize that to do that, we need to start grassroots, Um, and so uh, this fall, we're launching of this uh, strategic model that we put together. We finally call the SIP, a strategic initiative plan that outlines different programs that we're planning to launch beginning this fall. We have also launched, in order to fuel that strategy and that vision, a campaign called the Saving Promise Be Free Capital Campaign. And what this campaign is is the Saving Promise's flagship campaign to raise the short- and long-term funding needed to first, A, develop and grow the organization in this vision. Some of the things that uh, we have envisioned, for for example, is greater research. The current research today is very dated. We need to first understand, get our arms around the issue, understand the gaps and the trends and the root causes and what is needed in order to address this issue. We want to start building uh, coalitions. I talked about a little while ago the need to mobilize um, and aggregate the good works of all the communities that are currently on the front lines trying to address domestic violence, some of which we're working in silos. We need to pull that together. We're launching a One Voice campaign uh, this this fall um, in order to begin working and making taking an advantage of the good work that's been done and building on top of that. Uh, we want to do cultural building awareness programs. I say culture building and not just awareness because merely creating awareness is the first step. Changing the culture, the mindset, the attitudes, the beliefs is the most important step. We must change the culture in terms of the way that people respond and react to this issue, remove the silence and the shame, get people involved at the family level up to the grassroots level. And then some of the other things is empowerment campaigns we want to start creating different empowerment campaigns that's going to address every demographic from women to men to youth to our communities to our family and empower them to be more proactive than reactive. Um, What if we did have programs, for example, one of which Saving Promise proposes is for um, those that abuse perpetrators The perpetrator, what if we created a national hotline for somebody to call when they feel like they are about to do something um, Mm -hmm. to harm another person? That's being proactive, giving perpetrators also uh, the resources they need. To get the help because they oftentimes come from an abusive situation and then public policy working at the national level with Congress and uh, upward and downward in terms of creating graded legislation and, and resources. So saving promise in order to begin to move towards that vision, um, my board approved for us to launch the first. Initial campaign starting this fall um, in um, three areas. One is the research. We got to first understand the issue before we can start implementing all these programs, especially since a lot of the data right now is very dated. Secondly, we're launching a One Voice campaign. We got to kind of pull together all these. Uh, resources and folk that are addressing domestic violence and begin to build um, on what we already have in the terms of the resources and programs. And then finally, we're launching Saving Promise' first flagship campaign called um, Gotta Talk About It, how finally named Gotta Talk About It, which is a national uh, first of its kind, uh, really begins to change the culture, to get society, to get America and get individuals and families involved. Um, And so that that Saving Promise Be Free Capital campaign funding is going to be Used to do just that, to first grow and move the organization towards that vision and begin to implement those initial development initiatives. And to do that, we need funding. Um, you know, we're all in a crisis of economic downturn um, and unfortunately the resources are not available as they once were in terms of grants and those kinds of things. So we, gotta, we really need to turn to the community. Saving Promise is turning to the community. My board and I are turning to the community to say that we need your help. And so um, one of the ways that they can help is through our mobile giving campaign. We have a mobile giving campaign where, uh, as you mentioned at the top of the hour, Deborah, by simply uh, texting my promise, um, one word, my promise to uh the uh, text code 20222, you can make a $5 donation. And that $5 donation, which is tax deductible, will be billed to your cell phone. So it's not even somewhere that you need to go to make that donation. You could just, every one of us probably text by simply texting my promise to the code 20222. It, you can get involved. You can help us lead towards that vision that I just described by making a $5 donation through your mobile giving.
0: Well, you know, it's it's a powerful way to do it. I mean, $5 might not seem like a lot, but it adds up. If you just share, all of our listeners right now, all the people we have on the line, if you would just share it with Five people that you know, or ten people that you know, send that text out to everybody that you can think of, um, and just to give five dollars a donation of that. And you know, a lot of times when people are doing this, we're not quite sure where the money is going to go. You've you spoken firsthand to someone who's experienced this. This is not somebody that's been uh, elected to or hired to run this organization, so she knows what it is first hand. this was started out of love for for from her and and also if i might say it uh ly you have been funding this for this for since the inception and now it's time um uh, for us all to to come together and do that if it's okay for me to say that publicly
4: <laughs> absolutely <done>. absolutely <laughs>
0: Yeah, so you know, uh, we, you know, as large as things can get, we don't really a lot, a lot of times understand where it's going. But you know, you can go uh, to a website, give them your web address and any contact information as well uh, for those who are looking to to really be more supportive in what you're doing.
4: Yes, um you can learn more about Saving Promise by visiting our website. Um much of what I talked about you'll find there. Um www.savingpromise.org that's www.savingpromise.org. Um as mentioned, you can also um reach us on Facebook. Um, or follow us on Twitter as well. And, um, and the best way to help um, today um, and any time is first to begin to make a commitment to yourself and to your family and your community that you want to do something about this, um, whether or not you are personally affected by it or know someone. And then secondly, help Saving Promise help us. Because we all need, uh, to really move towards a vision that's going to bring about real change for this public health pandemic, domestic violence. And the first step in doing that, uh, as Deborah said, $5 goes a long way. We realize that we have to do something grassroots, and this is our grassroots way of asking people to get involved, to lend their support. And again, they can do that through our mobile giving campaign, uh, by simply texting, my promise, one word, my promise. Uh, to the text code 20222.
0: Wonderful, well, thank you. We know we are out of time with you. We appreciate it so much l y for everything that you're doing. Thank you for allowing um wealthy sisters and the professional black woman to be a part of your alliance, your movement and uh we're just excited to to really see the great things that you're doing and continuously shall do throughout the future here as well and also want to remind everyone that you are an award winning author to definitely they must, must must-must get your book, Color Me Butterfly, uh, as well, so they can also find that on the website. So anything else you'd like to say uh, before we allow you to run to your appointment there?
4: Uh, thank you for your support. I look forward to coming back.
0: All right, thank you. She kind of got uh, chopped up there. You're tuned in to Wealthy Sisters today, and our very special guest has been Miss L. Y. Marlowe. Want to ask everybody to stay on the line. We're coming right back. Want to talk about uh, the top cities. Found the article today real interesting, and love to know your thoughts on it. The top cities for minority entrepreneurs. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break.
2: Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence.
0: Having more money won't solve your problems, but being a trusted client of visionary financial strategies will. Your help begins on the web by contacting vfstrategies.com. That's vfstrategies.com. 410 929 4837. Again, 410 929 4837. A visionary financial strategy. Every financial move must have a purpose. Visionary financial strategy.
4: Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander and Associates Incorporated. Toll free at 1-877-894-0564
2: or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence.
0: We are live and we're back on Wealthy Sisters. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today and helping us with the launch of our support campaign, a fundraising campaign to our charitable partner, Saving Promise. Again, you can text My Promise to 20222 for a $5 donation. Our goal is to get $100 people. I know we could do that and beyond for one hundred people to text. Me. My promise to two zero two two two, spread the word. Make that text list out if I mean Charlie was it whatever the actor's name is, and all these top people can text whatever crazy stuff out through Twitter or Twitter or whatever, please send that out to let everybody know to support us there but yes, we are are live here and uh excited as well to be here and want to again thank everybody for tuning in to the show. I'm pulling the article up, I just realized I um uh, accidentally uh took it um off, so um closed it out, but I, I found the article on Forbes, and it talked about the top cities, as I type it in again, the top cities for minority uh, entrepreneurs, and I just want you to call in and, and see if you can guess what the, the number one city was uh, for minority entrepreneurs, and then uh, also, i like to you know, get your feedback on what you think the bottom. I think they did like fifty two cities, um, that were actually named as the best cities for minority entrepreneurs entrepreneurs. So we we got this article up right now here, uh for us as well. But it talks about um as the I wanna read it to you, it says as the average um as the uh American economy struggles to recover, its greatest advantage lies with its diverse population. The U.S. major European competitors, Germany, Scandinavia, France, Italy, and the Netherlands and Italy have admittedly failed at integrating racial outsiders. Its primary Asian rivals, with the exception of Singapore, are almost genetically resistant to permanent migration from those outside the dominant ethnic strain. In contrast, America's destiny is tied to minorities who already constitute a Third of the nation's population and who will account for roughly half of the population by 2050. That's incredible, half of the population by 2050. Now, um, get this, younger and more heavily represented in the labor force, minorities are poised to become the primary source of entrepreneurial growth. The clear advantage with minorities, particularly immigrant minorities, lies in their own self-selection. Risk-takers, by the very act of immigration, they are more likely to start small firms than other Americans. In fact, a recent Kauffman Foundation study found that immigrants were unique in boosting their entrepreneurial activities since the onset of the recession. Now, um, the the best cities for minority entrepreneurs on our list. Of course they listed guess what? I know I know you all are shouting it out down there. Atlanta Atlanta has long been a haven for black entrepreneurs, but recently its Latino and Asian population have exploded with exceptionally high rates of self-employment. In the past decade, the Atlanta's region's Asian population surged 74%, while its Latino population grew by 101%. The overall foreign-born population rose by roughly 300,000. Similar surges took place in almost all the top cities on the list. They include number two. Can can you guess? Let me get a chat. You get to just shout it out in the chat room what you think number two is. Number two is actually Baltimore. Yes, Baltimore. Three is Nashville, then Houston, Miami, Oklahoma City. Uh, they listed Riverside, San Bernardino, California, and the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, Orlando, and Phoenix. Now, they said the Latino Shopping Center developer, Jose Legaspi, traces much of the entrepreneur's success in those areas to the rise in population. This is in particularly true in places like Miami, which has the nation's highest of foreign immigration and has long boasted of its role as the capital of the Americas. Less renowned are cities like Houston, which now enjoys a higher per capita rate of immigration than Boston, Seattle, or even Chicago. All these cities have in endangered or injured, um, sorry, have dense pockets of diverse and often dispersed ethnic populations. In some locales, ethnic groups share neighborhoods and economic space. It's increasingly common to see stores owned by ethnic groups serving both their own tribe as well as Others. So let's hop down to this list here because number one, as they said, um, was Atlanta. And I, let me pull this up so I can, so everyone can see it. Um, or at least I can read it for everybody. Um, number one, like I said, was Atlanta. And uh, it's not pop- popping up. One of the least cities they said was Milwaukee. I think uh, Washington D.C. was like number eight. They call that Washington D.C. the D.M.V. area. Although Baltimore, as we read, there was number two. So I want to know your thoughts about it. Call in to the show. Dial three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight. That's three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight. Or give us a a shout out in the chat room. Let us know what your thoughts are on that and. what city you're located in and tell us some of the things that you're seeing in your area Um, some of the opportunities of growth and development for minority entrepreneurs and you know you know what you can also do is tell us why did you select to be an entrepreneur. We see seen this Tony Foster there in the chat room, want to say hello to her. Definitely, I know that uh, she has a phenomenal store, and, and tell you what, she doesn't just have a shop. she has a boutique that's in the National Harbor, a very, very high-rent district. So, Ms. Tony, I need you to call in. We want to talk to you about that that bold step that you did by stepping out as an entrepreneur down there um, at the National Harbor at 347 You might be in front of a customer or what have you, but go and call into the show and press 1 so that we know it's you on the line there and uh we want to talk more about why you actually you know made that choice to step out there into such a big way because you could have gone into any area you I know you did start out out of your home and you 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 then you went on a route of uh, also getting with partnering with someone and then now you were able to step out there and open up your space there in the National Harbor. So if you can call us, Miss Tony, we want to definitely hear from you. I know your testimony will be great to hear on the line. That's three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight. One of the other things, and press 1 so that we know that it's you dialing in. And then also one of the other major things we know when it comes to women in business, you know, the studies have shown that between 2006 and 2009, for every five businesses started, three were started by African-American women, which is incredible. Um, We have a high rate of starting businesses. We do. One of the things we know there are challenges that we face, and uh, we like to say that, you know, those challenges a lot of times stem from the lack of support or the lack of resources or uh, partnerships or mentorships. A lot of times, when we go into business, we don't often know about all of the the, the ways to uh, get business credit, as opposed to <laughs> ruining our personal credit or what have you. So, the, but we like to say that the professional black woman—that's that's why we started that organization—is a definite way to help eliminate and to be a solution to those challenges and we encourage you to go to the pbw.com i mean if you are in business for yourself and you are a woman or a man although we focus on professional women of color the resources the the information is the same we encourage you to join this organization it is something you have to be a part of if you're not a part of something that is providing you with the mentorship, partnerships with resources and the skills needed for you to be successful in your business that that can you can be have a one-stop shop you have to have that uh to be successful, just just to know that, and a lot of times it's it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the concept of of what money is um, when you're investing in something that's not tangible, like you know a service is is just different. So, but well, we see Miss Tony has logged in here. Hello, Miss Tony Foster. Thank you for logging in and dialing in to as our special guest as well, and just to talk more about how it's been for you and why. I, you actually stepped out in such an incredible space. There, I mean, it's not—it's not a space that we know that you pay two dollars a month for. for.
3: <laughs> Hi, Deborah. How are
0: you? I'm doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. wonderful. Let me
3: first congratulate yeah. you on your radio show. It, it, it's wonderful. Um, I haven't been able to to dial in or or get in as much as I would want to, but um, just listening in uh, this last 30 minutes or so, it's been great, and um, kudos to your guest. Uh, It is a subject that really, really needs to be out there and discussed a little more. Yes, Um, yes, thank you. I tell you, I you, you ask me why did I take such a bold step, I'm still trying to figure that out but um <laughs> <laughs> Did you just ask yourself that all the Yeah, you know, every, every now and then I go, Okay, be careful what you ask for, you just might get it. So, uh-huh. um you gotta be prepared. Uh but I knew for a long time that I wanted to have my own boutique. Um uh started, you know, out a little late because you know, we get caught up in our nine to five. I used to be a labor lobbyist and worked for international labor union for 27 years. When I retired in 07, um, actually had to take a medical disability. I decided, uh, well, let me go back to my first love and see what I can do in that arena. So mm-hmm. I, I started the online uh, boutique, and as you said, um, just last year I, I worked out of a, a friend's boutique in, in Rockville. I provided the clothing, and she had a cosmetics boutique. Um, and, you know, with knowing that I, I wanted to definitely uh, uh, step out and, and, and do my own thing as well. I actually was approached by the developers at National Harbor. Um, they were trying to get, uh, of, of course, they have established uh, businesses there, and they were trying to get some, you know, nice small businesses and, and small boutiques. Um so I, I pondered with the idea for a while and thought it was my opportunity. Um mm-hmm. so uh, you know, I had to go for it. Um uh it was scary. Uh the first couple of months was, you know, really, really scary. I opened up in November of two thousand ten and um, you know, that's a downtime. It's it, the winter is starting and um you know, it was a bit it was a bit challenging but it has been absolutely wonderful since then. Uh mm-hmm. still hard work, as you know, um, mm-hmm. having your own business. Uh, I, I hear a lot of people answer that question of, you know, you know what is the best thing about having your own business? And, and people so often say, you know, I work when I want to, it's the freedom. You know, it's not exactly that, it, you know, because it's really kind of 24-7. I tell you, I eat, sleep, and dream yeah. um, um, the business. But when you're doing it for yourself, it's such a great feeling. There is a a thing called positive stress, I think. And, you know, when you're doing your own thing, um, it it doesn't mean it gets any easier. In fact, it it gets a little harder. You know, you really have to put yourself in the mindset of that business person and um, that no one is signing your checks anymore. You're doing it. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's a transition, if it's not something that you have been like born into. Some people have come from a family of entrepreneurs, um, and I haven't. As uh, a matter of fact, I, I'm the first entrepreneur in my family, and everybody's excited about it. So um, it What's has different? been a challenge.
1: Yeah,
0: well, you know, we applaud you for staying in the game and uh, for, because, of course, you could have, you know, you could have run, you could have done some other things, and, you know, things do happen where we wonder, did we make the right choice sometimes? That's exactly right. Because it is challenging. You know, a lot of times people, they start their business and they think, oh, I'm going to have success immediately, and especially, I want to say, coming from where you came from, you That's know, a 27-year career, uh, a very successful career. A lot of times people come from that, especially in your area there. You've been in management. You've led all these employees. You could snap your finger and things would happen, and you wouldn't have to be the CEO, chief everything officer. That's <laughs> exactly now. right.
3: You know, I can't holler <laughs> for my secretary anymore, you know. No. it's like. <laughs> it's like no you have to do it, and you know I yeah. can't just give that person that job and this person that job and right you know right. it's um it it it's it it can be overwhelming sometimes, but at the same time right. very just just so fulfilling um right. to do something that you you know you always wanted to do it's it's just a happy feeling, and when I'm dead tired, you know it uh-huh. the smile is not phony
0: it's doing what you want to do well exactly the name of your boutique is
3: critique boutique and yes. give
0: us give us the location there where you are
3: i'm at 163 Fleet street uh at the national harbor which is right down the street from the gaylord um there may be a possibility of me moving locations That's sometime what happens when you're in an establishment like that they're kind of rezoning things and uh-huh. And and changing the way the way they're you know I guess positioning everything so there's a possibility I may change and uh, go around the corner from that but we'll still be at the harbor.
0: Okay, and and we have an international audience so the harbor where what city National are you? Harbor, in? National
3: Harbor. I am so sorry. <laughs> I sometimes forget about that when I'm when, when when you're on some of these calls you go wait a minute yes. hold it this is not local baby.
0: That's right. Um, <laughs>
3: Yeah, the National Harbor is actually at the banks of the Potomac River, which actually connects uh, the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Northern Virginia. So right. we're right at the at the um, at the end of the uh, Capitol Beltway on four ninety five, just before crossing the Woodrow Wilson Bridge.
0: Right. To so go you're into in As we say for the out-of-town folk, when you're visiting D.C., go to the National Harbor. Well, you you know, I think it's kind of
3: a misnomer because uh, the National Harbor actually is resident in, in Maryland.
0: We know that, but I'm saying yeah, for people it's outside, DMZ, it's exactly. easier say, to say D.C. so they know that regional area that's as opposed right. to saying New York exactly or what right. have you. Right, right. But not when to they get, get there, they get figure all of that.
3: Yeah, not to get confused <laughs> yeah. with the Washington Harbor because there is a right. Washington Harbor down on K Street. So Okay,
0: um, okay, that's not right. To, not that's to right. be
3: confused, yeah.
0: But it's yep. the national harbor. It's the right national
3: there. harbor. It's the yeah. uh, it's where the Gaylord Convention and, and Conference Center is.
0: Awesome, awesome! Well, congratulations to you. Keep doing what you're doing, Miss Tony. Thank you so much. And thank you again keep for doing calling what you're in, doing,
3: Deborah. I mean, you have a phenomenal <laughs> organization there, and um, you definitely got to keep doing what you're doing because you offer so many great tips to, to entrepreneurs and. You have such great guests that people can get such, you know, great information from. So you definitely well, keep you. With doing what you're doing as well.
0: Thank you. Well tell people about us and you know, to become a part of the organization. I will, you know, we're yeah. doing this for for everyone, you know, it's a service but we definitely need people to recognize that. You know, like definitely. I said, a lot of times um we make choices, you know, should I get that purse? Should I, I, know. You know, should I, I know. get this? I know. But I'm saying this is something you definitely want to invest in and what we're doing to you know to help keep it going there. So thank you for, for sharing. Well I tell you what, well. when you have
3: to think about getting that purse, think about Critique Boutique because we do offer uh
0: apparel <laughs> right. and
3: accessories from independent designers. They're not your bigger designers. Um, They're small designers, but big quality.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, definitely, I want to thank you again uh, for coming on board there uh, towards the end of the show. And just wanted to let everybody know as well, I finally found that article. I was able to get that back up um, with all of the top cities uh, for the best cities for minority entrepreneurs. It's from the Forbes Women's so if you go to Forbes.com and you Google the top minority, let me, just, let me give it to you the exact way it reads. It uh, it actually says Best Cities for Minority Entrepreneurs. And just so that you know, we talked about Atlanta being number one. Of course, Baltimore was number two. Then um, Nashville. Wow, I, I was really surprised by that one. Nashville, I got to get out to Nashville more, uh, It's actually number three. Houston is four. We saw your, your comment there. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Jay. Will and Houston area there. Um, it says uh, Houston Sugarland Land, Bay ton, I guess. Five was Miami, Oklahoma. Didn't expect that to be in the top there. Oklahoma City, Riverside, California, uh, Washington, D.C. We mentioned that, that. Arlington, Alexandria was eight. Orlando was number nine. Uh, Phoenix was number 10. Memphis is in the top there at 11. Dallas is 12. San Antonio was 13. Tampa, yeah, so some of you guys looking to move to Tampa, is number 14. And Charlotte is 16. And then down towards the bottom here, um, they said that, uh guess, 45 was Boston. <laughs> That's probably not that much of a surprise. I love that place. I went to School in the area there But uh, it was definitely a cultural shock Coming from Atlanta To Worcester, Massachusetts To say the least Uh, San Jose, 46 Detroit, 47 San Diego, 48 uh, Minneapolis Minneapolis was 49 Chicago, wow, was 50 And Cleveland, 51 And Milwaukee, 52 So you can go to Forbes Dot com. You can click on the woman side, Forbes woman under leadership, or just Google the article that says uh, Best Cities for Minority Entrepreneurs. So again, I do want to thank everybody for tuning in to our show, all of our very special guests today. Um, As well, the the first half of our show was the launch of our campaign as we celebrate or we bring awareness, shall we say, a better word, bring awareness uh, to the domestic violence issue. Our charitable partner, Saving Promise organization, is alive and they're thriving. They have a major campaign that they're kicking off doing some new things. You can go to savingpromise.org, savingpromise.org, and we ask if you just tune in. Please, 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 right now, everybody, take your phone out and text my promise to twenty two two two. My promise to twenty two 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 for a five dollar donation. We're just asking for if we, we can reach a hundred people. We know we can do better than that, but at least a hundred people—that's our goal for the month of August. A hundred people to text my promise to twenty two 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 for a five dollar tax deductible donation. If you want to do more than five dollars, you can simply do it repeatedly there. So once again, thank you for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters. We will have another phenomenal show next week, and we look forward to seeing you then. Have an awesome day.
1: This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman, turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister, and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysisters.com.